This is the EWN Podcast Network. It can work for anyone. But more specifically, we tend to attract women and men over the age of 40 who maybe they've had a workout program they've done in the past that was great, but now they're finding like, gosh, if I go and lift these weights or if I do this or that, I'm just in more pain. My body's not feeling great. So those are the types of clients that we see more often. And we lay these healthy foundations of how to move your body in a way that's going to make you feel better and stronger. And then they become lifelong clients of ours. It's Lift As We Climb, a show that shares secrets about growing your business from the eWomen Network Premier Success Coaches and outstanding members from around the world. I'm Pat Miller, the Idea Coach and your host of the show. On today's show, we're talking movement and mindset with Nicole Field, the owner of Whole Living Pilates. If stress and overwhelm are some of your coworkers, you're going to enjoy this episode. Lift As We Climb is sponsored by The Expressory, your relationship-building concierge, Cultivating Sales, the all-in-one CRM for sales and marketing, and the LinkedIn Lifestyle, secrets and strategies to be a LinkedIn star. In a moment, we'll welcome Nicole to the show, but I got to share a quick thought about something that's ringing through my network and maybe you can relate. Are you freaked out about the rest of 2020? I mean, the virus, political fighting, all of it. It just seems like someone needs to unplug 2020 and plug it back in, right? Well, in a recent conversation on the Small Business Rally Point, my weekly small business talk show, we talked about what's keeping us up at night. And this was far and away the winner. The rest of 2020 is going to be unpredictable. And you know what's making it worse? You. Yes, you. You're making 2020 worse. You know how? You're drinking it all in. I'll explain. If you're a small business owner and you're worried about what's going to happen between now and the end of the year, don't. Now, you should make plans appropriately, listen to your customers and do what you can to achieve your goals and all of that. But worrying about what's going to happen, that's a no. The reason is there's literally nothing you can do about it. Nothing. If you're not working on the vaccine or running for president or you're the governor of your state, you've really got nothing to do with what's happening. And here's how you're making it worse. You're chugging that information and news like a keg stand at a frat party. You're watching people do things that you've got no control over as quickly as you can consume it. The amount of information you consume and the distractions you allow into your head will directly affect your mindset and well-being. Now, my bad habit is starting my day with social media. I swear it's worse than smoking. The alarm goes off, I roll over, I grab my phone, and I start scrolling. I don't know why I love doing it so much, but I do. By the time I get out of bed, I've seen 10 different outrages and six ways that we're doomed. And I haven't even put my feet on the floor. What a way to start the day. I'm trying at the moment to wake up and get up without fiddling with my phone. It's so hard to do. Cutting down the amount of the real world that seeps into your brain is a great way to stay focused on your customers and positive in your daily mindset. It's something that I'm working on. Maybe you should give it a shot too and see if you have a better day and overall you worry less about 2020. With that uplifting conversation, let's get on with the show. 
It's not often that you start out a business podcast interview with this question. In fact, I don't think I've ever asked this question of anyone, but our guest shared this as a life fact, and I need to know. Nicole Field is the owner of Whole Living Pilates in Colorado Springs. Nicole, I'm not sure if we should start here, but I just have to ask you, tell me about your near-death experience. Yes. Well, like I mentioned before we started, I've actually had two of those. So the first time that happened, I was 10 years old and... We used to go camping as a family all the time. We rode those ATVs that used to be called three-wheelers with one wheel in the front and two in the back. At the time, in the early 80s, we did not wear helmets. We just went for it. (laughs) So my brother and I were riding and we were racing each other because that's what we did as kids. (laughs) And somehow our back tires hit and the, the bikes rolled or the ATVs rolled. And so I was hit in the left side of my head with either... I think either the handlebar or the foot peg. And this caused the whole left side of my skull to be crushed. And it was kind of a miracle that I survived. I had no brain damage at all. They were able to remove the skull and repair that with some reconstructive surgery. So that happened as a 10-year-old. That was kind of a big thing to go through as a child. But it set me up at a really early age to recognize and really be grateful to be alive. And at 10, you felt that way? You really realized how mortal you were at 10? I did because everybody was telling me, doctors including, like, I should not have survived this. So you hear that at that age and you're like, okay, well, I'm here for a reason still, right? Yeah, what a profound way to look at life. I'm here for a reason. So what did you do with that reason and how did that experience guide you? Yeah, I really felt like it led me into just following my heart, my path for a career. I wanted to have a family. So, you know, I ended up getting married in my early 20s. I have three sons that are all teenagers now and led me on my path through to find Pilates as a career because I really wanted to be involved in some way of helping others. And so Pilates becoming a teacher and now studio owner of the last few years gives me that avenue to really pour into other people's lives and help them. Well, I want to hear a lot about Pilates, but I also want to make sure that we learn more from you with this unique point of view on life about mindfulness and how it helps people with stress and managing overwhelm. Because every small business owner, I would imagine every person in the eWomen network uh, runs into that feeling at some point where they, they just had it and they're just stressed out to the max. But you use mindfulness to fight that. Tell us how you do that. Yes, 100%. I'm a huge advocate of that because it's helped me personally to stay grounded, to be able to overcome things as they come my way without feeling completely overwhelmed. And let's be honest, we're all living in incredibly stressful times. There's so much that's unknown, especially for a business owner. This is, we've never experienced anything like this. And so I really pulled from my own personal tools on just how to stay calm, how to release stress from my body. And so I actually uh, developed a program called Seven Days of Whole Living, where we practice a different mindful practice every day of that week to have tools to be able to pull from whenever we need them. And to be honest, I need them every day right now. Yeah. Well, let's make sure we're on the same page. So what kind of mindfulness are we talking about? Because there are a lot of flavors of it, if you will. But what's the point of view that you have when it comes to mindfulness? Yeah. Well, you can go different avenues with it. So for sure, the one of the things that I 
always go to is movement, mindful movement. So Pilates is definitely a type of exercise where you are really aware and thinking about how you're moving your body, you connect your mind to your body. And so just by doing that, even if it's 20 minutes that you were to do Pilates, it helps to relieve stress from your body and it gets you more connected. So what happens a lot of times when we're very stressed out is that we disconnect from our body. We try to numb and make ourselves feel better. And we get further away from being connected to what we actually feel. The other practice that I do often is really acknowledging my emotions. What am I feeling right now? Like what can I pinpoint what that is? Write it down, get it on my journal to be able to then handle that and release it. Those are two things that I am a huge advocate of. Along with that would come like meditation or prayer, just spending time really breathing, calming your mind and your body. So those two practices I love. Gratitude journaling, acknowledging, because we can focus on everything that's going wrong. And I think it's important to acknowledge the things that we're struggling with, not to just push them aside. But then can we also then turn that and go, what is going right? What can I be thankful? I think it was a one little thing that really helps to change my entire mindset and get me into a place where I feel like, okay, I'm not going to be buried by all this stuff. I can continue to move forward. So those are just a few things that I focus on for mindfulness for myself. Someone like you might think it's obvious, but I've never really thought about it this way before. When you were describing mindfulness, it's really everything within arm's reach. It's nothing beyond that. It's all how you move, how you think, what's on your mind, what you're grateful for, everything in your life. And you said something about when we get stressed, we kind of make ourselves numb. Are we getting outside of our body and not listening to what we're seeing, feeling, and doing? Is that the essence of not being mindful? I think you nailed it. Yes. Yes. Because when we're not present, right? If we've detached ourselves from ourselves and what we're truly feeling or thinking, then yeah, that's just a way of coping. And we're all doing it in different ways all the time. And that's okay. There's no shame against that. We all do it because we're trying to to just solve problems and deal with our stress. The healthier way is if we can get back in touch with ourselves and learn how to calm our nervous systems in these different ways. Now, is that something that physically changes you when you're more present and more mindful? Does it allow you to operate better and make better decisions? And again, this might be obvious to everyone, but just talking about it very pragmatically, are you a better operating system if you're focused on being present rather than thinking about whatever you might be thinking about right now? I think so. And I think there's research to back that up, that your brain is actually changed in a positive manner when you engage in these practices, these mindful practices, it changes your brain chemistry and allows you to function in your daily life in a better way, right? I think we often try to do too much all at the same time. Instead of like, can we just focus on what's straight ahead? And even as a business owner, like how you set up your day Are you doing like one thing and then, okay, let me switch over and do this thing and then that thing. And it's like, by the end of the day, you've got nothing done. (laughs) I think if we can just really center and go, what is that one thing I need to do today? That is even a practice of being mindful and present too. So starting there, let's talk about our day plan just for a second. Do you have perspective or a point of view on that and what you would tell someone to run their day more mindfully, like take breaks and meditate? Or how would you help someone structure their day so there's more there there? Yeah. I think morning routines are really important. What is the first thing 
that you do when you wake up. I know for me, often I'm looking at my phone and that does not set me up for success. (laughs) If I can just not go there first, then maybe I start out my day a little slower, give myself enough time to... I like to use an app called Calm. It's a meditation app and it's just a 10 minute long guided meditation. There's also an app called Headspace that's very similar, but I like to have a cup of coffee and just take 10 minutes to breathe and just kind of settle into my day and maybe write some things down, some insight I might gain through that. And then that just helps to set me up to be able to have a calmer day throughout. I tend to not be a very calm person in my nature. (laughs) And so I'm pulling from these things just to help me bring ground me, right? And I think when we're stressed, we feel kind of up here and ah, so many things going on in our head at once. But if we can get grounded and really know like, okay, where am I right now? What do I smell? What do I see? What do I hear? Those types of things. If you can start your day that way, for me, it really helps me to be more focused and productive for whatever I have ahead. I'm also a huge advocate of not being overscheduled and overworking. I think that is counterproductive. It's so practical. You're talking about something that's so practical. And when you hear some people talk about mindfulness, it doesn't sound very practical. You're saying, Mm -hmm. if I'm hearing you right, it's okay. Start your day with a cup of coffee and just don't look at a screen. Just experience what's around you and enjoy your coffee and just enjoy 10 minutes. Just sit there for 10 minutes. And it's so simple. But when you hear other people talk about mindfulness, I'm not critical of someone, but you have to sit on a pillow for an hour and you have to do this, (laughs) you have to do that. And you can't look at a screen till 10 a.m. Like, that's not practical. Correct. You're talking about (laughs) practical action steps that can introduce some mindfulness. So when you introduce some of these mindfulness techniques, Mm -hmm. how will we know if they're working? And I don't mean to be like cost benefit or anything, but like, hey, we're going to start doing this. When will we know that we're on the right track? Are there any signs we can watch or feel for? I think what's helpful is if you're going to start a journey like this, really be honest with yourself. Like, where are you at? Take your journal out, write it down. Like, what is your life like right now? Be really honest. And then start to add maybe one thing. I'll even say this. Start with three minutes. Set your timer on your phone or your alarm or whatever and start just three minutes of just quiet breathing. You don't even have to do an app. Start there. And then write down how you feel after. Maybe check in at the end of the day and see like, what was my day like today? And then keep doing that. Maybe try it for a few days in a row. Try it a week long and see. And I think that's where you really tell. For me, when I get out of my practices, I can tell. I feel more stressed. I feel more anxious. I heard someone describe mindfulness as the distance between what happens to you and how you react. Would you agree with that? Like what happens to you and how you react? If you're not very mindful, you're not going to react in a way that you want. But if you're mindful and present, it almost doesn't matter what happens to you. It only matters on how you react to it. Is that thinking about it the right way? Yeah, I like that actually. I think the more mindful we are, the more we can take a pause. And before we respond to something, whatever the circumstances, or maybe another person you're encountering who's coming at you with a lot of their own stress, and you can recognize, go, oh, this is not about me. This is just what they're dealing with. Because I think when I'm not in that mindfulness space, I tend to take on other people's emotions and stress and feel like, what did I do wrong? Did I cause this? And no, we didn't. It's just you're encountering someone else who's going through that. So it can give you a moment to 
breathe and think before you react. I have three teenage boys. They like to react (laughs) immediately. (laughs) And I want to too sometimes that I'm like, okay, you know what? There's a lot going on here. I'm going to just take a deep breath before I react to them because that's going to only help diffuse whatever's going on with them. So same with our friends, our adults, our coworkers, etc. More to come with Nicole Field, including how movement can help you be healthier and more fulfilled as a small business owner. If you're approaching burnout, whoa, listen up. This episode of Lift As We Climb is sponsored by Cultivating Sales, the all-in-one CRM for sales and marketing. I'm using Cultivating Sales to not only organize my clients and partners, I'm using it to manage this worldwide podcast. With this one program, I built and host the show's webpage where guests can apply, book their dates, and subscribe. It also manages the email communications and Lift As We Climb VIP text program. The one program has replaced so many other subscriptions, it practically pays for itself. Stay close to your customers with texts, emails, sales funnels, calendars, a course builder, and even a website builder. Get the secret discount just for Lift As We Climb listeners. Visit cultivatingsales.com slash lift to capture it. That's cultivatingsales.com slash lift. And the LinkedIn Lifestyle, the secret recipe to attract the right people and build authentic relationships on LinkedIn. Before I worked with the LinkedIn lady, my LinkedIn was a mess. Then she introduced me to the LinkedIn Lifestyle. And now I'm loaded with daily content ideas. My profile views are up and my engagement has improved. If you're trying to do business on LinkedIn, join me and lead the LinkedIn Lifestyle. Visit linkedinlifestyle.com slash star to get the free report, Five Fatal Flaws in Most LinkedIn Profiles. Watch your profile views and post performance soar with these tips. They work. Get the report now at linkedinlifestyle.com slash star. And The Expressory, your relationship building concierge. I just launched the Idea Collective for Small Business Owners and Jamie and the team at The Expressory are blowing my members' minds. When a new member signs up, The Expressory team is automatically alerted to send a personalized surprise welcome gift right to their doorstep. The members are so surprised that they talk about the group on social media and feel more connected to our mission. Right now, you have a cool opportunity to experience The Expressory for yourself for free. Simply text the word TEST to 414-240-1315. That's TEST to 414-240-1315. And you'll get a surprise mailing including various samples of their handmade cards right to your door. You'll love the experience and you'll want it for your business too. Try out the Expressory today. I think some other interviewers may slide right into the rest of the conversation and act like it's no big deal, but I want to ask a simple question of Nicole because I'm not sure if I know the answer. Nicole, what is Pilates? It's a great question. What do you think Pilates is? I want to ask you that. I'm really curious because I hear this all the time. So let me start there. Yeah. All right. Well, I cheated a little bit because I looked up your website before you went on and I've been in a Pilates studio, although I've never done it. But I do have legitimate questions because I see the beds and I see the pulleys and I see the springs and I'm like, what is going on here? I don't know what's going on here. So I know enough to be dangerous. People lay on beds and they move themselves back and forth with pulleys and levers. But I don't know why. I don't know what the benefit is. I don't know anything. 
Oh, I'm so glad you explained that to me. That really helps me because I think you're not alone. People have heard Pilates. Most people have by now. Right. And you're just being totally honest. Like they have no idea what is this piece of equipment that looks so archaic and, <laughs> and a little bit maybe like a torture chamber. <laughs> yeah. you know? And it's true. That's a very common like first reaction. I will say this. Uh, Pilates was created by a man. His name was Joseph Pilates. He was a German man. And he really studied human movement, how the body moves. He created a system of exercises that really focused on developing your deep abdominal and back muscles. But he looked at it as a full body movement. And as he started developing these exercises, he then created and invented all his different apparatus that you see when you go into a studio, which we call Reformer, which is a mat that has wheels underneath it and it's attached with springs. So he wanted to create this spring resistance that his clients had to work against in order to build strength. So first off, it was developed by a man. A lot of people think like, isn't yoga and Pilates the same? It's actually not. Yoga is mostly done just on a mat. And we have all this different equipment and apparatus that is available to us as teachers that we can take our clients through. What I look for when I work with a client for the first time, and this might help give you an idea, like what would I experience if I went into a Pilates studio for the first time? I love to do one-on-one private sessions so I can really understand and know what my client's health issues are. If they have maybe a lot of people come to us with back injuries, hip issues, they're deconditioned, they haven't maybe worked out for a while and they've heard Pilates as a safe thing to do. So those are typical clients that I see for the first time. And I'll bring them into the studio and we start out just by teaching them like, how do you make your abdominals work? Like, how do you connect to them? Your lower abdominals specifically. And so I teach my clients how to make that connection in their body and then how to move their entire body in a way that stays connected to their center and builds strength in their center, not only in their abdominals, but in their back. And I take them through a series of beginner foundational exercises for them to learn how to do that. But that's baseline. Like that's what I want. I want my client to walk out and feel after that first session that they're like, oh, there's my lower abdominals. They're there, right? Because a lot of us are like, are they there? I don't know, right? And they want to feel a little bit taller. Like they've lifted and lengthened their spine. They've decompressed it a little bit. If I can do those two things in my first session, I'm on the right track. Everything else comes with time different exercises, different apparatus, but that's what I'm looking for. When you teach clients as Pilates teachers how to make those connections of strengthening their low abdominals and lifting their spine, that over time helps them to come out of pain. They can reduce their pain. They can reduce the compression in their spine. Their body as a whole functions better. They feel better overall. So I hope that gives you a little bit of an idea of what we do in there. Yeah, that's a great description. And as I think about it, is the American lifestyle just built around not using our abs? Because it just seems like we're not using them very much because you know what I mean? Like it just seems I sit at a desk and I sit on the couch and I drive a car. and It doesn't seem like we get to those two very often. No, we don't think about them at all. (laughs) No, we're not. Unless you're taught. Unless you're taught to become aware of those things and like think about like how you hold your body. And if you're sitting for hours and hours, maybe you can get up every once in a while, stand up, walk around, come out of those positions. But we have a very sedentary society that we live in. And so just to get people moving gently, even 
And making these connections is can be life-changing for them. So who's the right person? Like, who do you see most often? Is there a, an age of a person that tends to do Pilates or someone's in a certain condition? You mentioned people that might have low back pain or might have some mobility issues. But is there a general average Pilates user? I know everyone could get a benefit from it, and I don't mean it that way. Mm-hmm. But just like, who's the general person that Pilates might be right for them? Yeah, I mean, obviously I could say it can work for anyone. Right. But more specifically, we tend to attract women and men over the age of 40 who maybe they've had a workout program they've done in the past that was great, but now they're finding like, gosh, if I go and lift these weights or if I do this or that, I'm just in more pain. My body's not feeling great. So those are the types of clients that we see more often. And we lay these healthy foundations of how to move your body in a way that's going to make you feel better and stronger. And then they become lifelong clients of ours. So I now have my oldest client is close to 80 right now. She's been with me for about 10 years. So (laughs) they tend to stick people who see the benefits and feel the benefits tend to, to become a lifestyle. They come two to three times a week in the studio and just make it part of their life. They feel great. Yeah, amen to that. I'm a former CrossFitter and I can't go back to it because I mm-hmm. don't want to get injured. Again, and CrossFit uh, not injury prone. I love CrossFit, but it just got yeah. to the point where I couldn't do it any longer because I got old, not because CrossFit's a problem. But it sounds like mm. a great opportunity. So let's bring this home. How do you infuse mindfulness into someone at the gym? Are you talking to them while they're doing exercise to try and connect their brain with their body while they're exercising? Yes, 100%. That is Pilates. So I am with them as their coach or trainer, and I am talking them through everything, guiding them through the sessions. And it's a little bit challenging for some people at first because a lot of us are visual learners. I don't demonstrate what my clients should do because they're just going to be looking at me and going, okay, I need to copy that. I actually only speak. So it's vocally, they're learning audio, how to connect to their body. So I'll tell them exactly what to do. And then I look and see, are they doing that? Are they able to and help them give them cues or make little corrections or adjustments to help them go deeper into what I want them to do. But throughout the entire thing, whether it's a private session, a lot of times I'll have couples come in, husband and wife will work with me or up to four people in a small group. I don't ever do really large classes unless it's a math class online. I take more students for that. But yeah, I'm guiding them through the entire thing and they have to process the information. They hear it first. Then they think, okay, wait, you want me to do what? (laughs) So it's processing time, right? So there's a pause. And then they go and make... Then their body does what I ask them to do or it doesn't. Takes time to make those connections. Well, it's great to have you on the show and we're talking to the entire eWomen network. And before we let you go, is there anything as the studio owner, as a business owner that you've learned over the years, maybe a lesson or something you learned the hard way or something you wish you would have done a long time ago? Anything come to mind as far as operating the business that you think other eWomen might get something out of? Hmm. Yes, I would say even the name of my business is really intentional, Whole Living. I think for business owners, it's really easy to just get caught up in everything we have to do and all the things we could do to grow and build our business. And we easily end up in a state of burnout. And I think it's really important that we take learn to take care of ourselves as we're growing our business. I'm only three and a half years old in my studio, but I was 
really intentional. Like I'm not going to sacrifice myself on the altar of building a business. And so could you do that? E-women, <laughs> take a look. Like, are you sacrificing yourself just to build a business? Like, is, is it worth it in the end? Like, I want to love my life. I want to enjoy my life outside of my business. And then when I get there, I want it to be amazing. And so when I get off track with that, I pull myself back in and go, no, this is how I want to live. This is how I want to be as a business owner. So that's really something I'm very passionate about. Well, it sounds like something you can help us with. So tell us more about the 7 Days of Whole Living program. And you're going to do this again, right? Tell us about what it was and when we get to do it again. Sure. Yeah. I did the first 7 Days of Whole Living in June, kind of right after we had all gone through two and a half months of lockdown. And I established this program for you to come in and take 7 days to really think about a different mindful practice a day. So it's an email a day that you get. And then I go live in a private Facebook group and we talk about this together and kind of develop how you implement that into your life a little bit more. And then I also teach one mindful Pilates class as a part of that week too. So I'll be doing this again in the fall. If you're interested in it, you can go to my website and sign up for my newsletter. Or you can just email me directly, Nicole at WholeLivingPilates.com to get on the waitlist for the next one. And that website again is WholeLivingPilates.com. Nicole Field, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much, Pat, for having me. It was a pleasure. It seems like no matter the question, the answer is often get up from your desk, move around, and you'll not only feel better, you'll be more effective. The advice is so simple, but it's so profound. I guess I should start getting after that. Thanks to Nicole Field from Whole Living Pilates in Colorado Springs for sharing her wisdom on physical and mental health. It's appreciated. If you're enjoying the show, you need to hop in as a Lift As We Climb VIP. It's simple, easy too. Just text the word LIFT to 414-240-1315. That's LIFT to 414-240-1315. You'll get a reminder when new shows are released. And we'll also do some giveaways from time to time too. This episode of Lift As We Climb is sponsored by The Expressory, your relationship-building concierge, the LinkedIn lifestyle, secrets and strategies to be a LinkedIn star, and cultivating sales, the all-in-one CRM for sales and marketing. I'm Pat Miller, the idea coach and a premier success coach for the eWomen Network. Find out more about me at patmillerideacoach.com. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.